Welcome back to Living by Faith. I'm Trillia Newbell, and I am talking with Katie Davis Majors, and we are talking about our faithful God. He is faithful. He is good, but it's also the title of her new book, Our Faithful God, and I'd love to give you some copies. Email us at livingbyfaith at moody.edu. That's livingbyfaith at moody.edu. And let us know, how has God been faithful in your life? Where have you seen the faithfulness of God? And please include your address so that we can go ahead and get that book sent on to you. Now, before the break, Katie, you were talking about your family dinner and gathering, and you were saying that there was something that you were really thankful for. Could you tell us more? Yeah, we were reading Ephesians 2, and I I had already been kind of thinking about God with us and God's presence with me specifically throughout my days and in some different situations that we're walking through right now. And um, it just stood out to me in Ephesians chapter 2, where God is talking about his kindness toward us and that he expresses his grace and his kindness and his mercy toward us. He saves us so that he might be glorified. And, and he delighted to do that. He delights to continue to do that. And I, I just, it kind of dropped into my mind, you know, as the spirit kind of speaks to us sometimes and we just, mm. a new thought occurs to us that we know is not of ourselves as we read his word, but just that God is not only with us, but he is glad to be with us. Um, and I think that, you know, I can, I can just, I can sometimes know the character of God and yet it still feels distant and yet it still feels disconnected for me. But to imagine that God is with me and God is glad to be with me in mm. my days, that makes it so personal that we have a loving God. We have a kind God. Um, we have a God who created us for his own delight and glory. He showed us mercy because he wanted to and because he was happy to do so. And so I've just been really thinking a lot about um, that characteristic of God and what it means that God is with me and God is glad to walk with me in this life. Mm. I um, It's so funny. Ephesians is one of my favorite books of the Bible, and Ephesians 2 is probably one of just the chapter um, that just means so much to me. I became a Christian at the age of 22, and I remember the first time I read Ephesians 2, 8, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is a gift mm. of God, so no one can boast. And the idea, it continues that we are his workmanship created before the foundation of the world. He He had us in mind. And um, Psalm 8, I believe, also talks about that, that, that what is, what is God that you are mindful of him? Mm-hmm. And and so those are, that is actually, that's one of the a compelling and, and so humbling reality that God, he is not just for us and with us. He thought of us before the foundation of the world and that he has good work. So Kitty, just to think before the foundation of the world, he knew that Amazama was going to be, <laughs> and that that he had these these works for you planned out, and that you would write a book about his faithfulness for us. Um, what a good God, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I I mean, right before that, I think what really stood out to me was in. In verse 6 and 7, it says that God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus 
in mm. order that he might show us the incomparable riches of his grace. Like God mm. did his good work so that he might show kindness and grace to us. That's, that's so wild. It is. It is. And it's free. And it's yes. his free grace. Like we often feel like you were talking about friends um, earlier yes. and you were talking about how with the, the reality of friendships is that they break apart. They, mm. they you know, that's the unfortunate is that right. or they have to be earned. Mm-hmm. But with God, <laughs> we don't earn his favor. He gives yes. his favor. It's free. It's a free gift of his grace. And what a good and awesome and set apart God <laughs> that he would he would be. I, I just I don't know. It's all very remarkable and humbling. And um, and I just I, I'm so grateful. And thank you for that reminder that God is with us. And it's not something that we just have to sing in December, that we can be thinking about it and meditating on it all year long. Um, so yes, that's just so encouraging. And so you did talk about how your family uh, gathers around this and does this. That is, I think, really neat. Do you have any tips or encouragement for families who are listening and they're like, oh, I would love to do that, but that's, it seems so hard. What are some of the things that you have done to, to build those kind of spiritual habits in your home? Oh, I mean, I, I think that the biggest one for us is really just the consistency of doing it um, and yeah. doing it when you don't feel like doing it and doing it when maybe the kids don't feel like doing it. It's something we started when our kids were very little and it isn't, you know, it can sound nice, right, when I say like, oh, and then we all sit around the table and read our Bibles. But I mean, the little guys are talking and they're interrupting and we spill stuff on our Bibles. And like, right. it's not, yeah. you know, it's not glamorous, but um, I guess it's my hope that, that that's something my kids say, like when they're old, you know, they say like mm. mom and dad, they just kept getting out the Bible. Um, and, and, you know, sometimes now, depending on the season of life that different people are in, sometimes they say that with an eye roll, but um, I think that they'll appreciate it one day. I hope yes. so. <laughs> and um, I just, I think of uh, even in Isaiah when it says that his word does not return void. And so even when my children were very little and when they were younger, we had a lot more meal times together. Um, even on the days when I really felt like they were not listening or it would have been easier to just not do it. I would pull out my Bible at the end of a meal and and read it to them or read it over them. Mm. Um, And then as they got bigger and could read, they would get out their own Bibles and we kept them um, on this little shelf by our dining room table. And um, that has looked different in different seasons of life. Sometimes it's all of us pulling out a Bible. Sometimes it's just me um, reading to them or Benji reading to them. We just recently um, started again with everybody pulling out a Bible and we've tried to kind of say at the front end like, hey, let's look for this thing as we read. That seems to kind of help us be able to discuss it. And so uh, in Ephesians specifically, this is a good one for anybody who's listening and wants to try it. In Ephesians specifically, we've gone through chapters one and two and we've been looking for what do we have and what does God do? Um, and so, and the theme that has kind of emerged for all of us is, oh, we have 
nothing. <laughs> and yeah. God does everything. And yeah. so you can go through Ephesians and there are a ton of action verbs, things that God is doing. He's mm. choosing us. He's loving us. He's giving us all kinds of amazing things. Um, yeah. And so that's kind of what we're doing right now. But I think I think for us, it looks different in every season. The thing that remains the same is that we try. We try to show up. We try to be in God's word as a family. You know, I love that. That's kind of simple. And that's what you try. <laughs> yeah. we, can, we can all try. And and what what I think is just encouraging for me as I think about daily reading or just being in God's word in general is that you're you're not a failure if you miss one. <laughs> mm-hmm. We don't, because again, we don't earn God's favor because we do these things, but because we love him, we want to yes. do these things and want to know him more. And so Katie, I really am so grateful for this resource and for your heart um, and that you continue to remind us um, about the word, like your you kept saying, and we talk about the Bible. We pull out the Bible. We think about the Bible. Um, that's what we need. We need God, and we find we find God through His Word. And so, thank you for that reminder. Yeah. Yes. Well, I um. If how can people find you? Sure. Um, I'm on social media, so it's my my handle on most social media is still Katie in Uganda. Um. Maybe I'll change it one day, but probably not. <laughs> Forever. Um, and then, yes, yes. And then I do have a website, katiedavismajors.com. And so you can find me there as well. And then obviously anywhere books are sold, you can find these resources. Very good. Thank you so much. I'd like to thank my guest, Katie Davis Majors, for joining me today. Also, thanks to the behind the scenes team at Moody Radio, my engineer, Bob Moreau, and Laura on the phones. Tune in next week when author Darina Williamson will join me to discuss the beauty each one of us has in our unique differences. To hear today's program again, you'll find it at livingbyfaithradio.org moody radio app you may also connect with us through facebook twitter and instagram join us at trillia newbell living by faith is a production of moody radio a ministry of moody bible institute Welcome to Living by Faith with Trillia Newbell. I'm your host, Trillia, and I'm so grateful to be here. Each week, we discuss topics to help you learn what it means to walk by faith and not by sight. It's what it's the journey we are all on, and we need help, and we need encouragement, and we need faith. And God provides it in so many ways because he's so good to us. He provides it through his word. He also provides it through the testimony of others. And I don't know if there's a better topic to help us walk by faith than the faithfulness of God. 
I love hymns, and one of my favorites is Great is Thy Faithfulness. Listen to these lyrics. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassions. They fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever will be or wilt be, depending on what <laughs> what you're listening to or reading. God doesn't change. He will always be faithful. My guest today has seen the faithfulness of God in her life and in the lives of her family. Katie Davis Majors is the best-selling author of Kisses from Katie, Daring to Hope, Safe All Along, and our faithful God, the book we're going to be talking about today. She is the founder of, of um, um, excuse me, I'm going to have her, I want to make sure I say this right. Amesma, I cannot think of how to say her ministry. I'm going to have her say it. An organization that desires to empower people in Uganda through authentic relationships, education, community, strengthening, um, vocational training, and spiritual discipleship. I am, Katie, I want you to say your ministry right, because I do not want to get it wrong. <laughs> Hi. It's, it's called Amazima. That's Amazima, the, right. Yes, you got it. You got it. Yeah. That's a Luganda word for truth. So it's it's pretty challenging to say. No, it's not. But I just, I read it and I thought I'm going to butcher and I cannot. One of the things I have, my name is Trillia. And one of the things that I am used to is people messing up and that's okay, my name. And what I want people to do is to be educated, to know how to say it correctly. I didn't want to get it in people's head the wrong way. So <laughs> it's better for you to say it. So tell us about your ministry and how did that come about? Yeah. Um, wow. What a testimony of God's faithfulness Amazima is. So when I was 18, I went on a mission trip just for a few weeks with my mom to Uganda. And we worked in an orphanage there for a couple of weeks. And during that trip, uh, we made friends with a Ugandan pastor and his wife. And they actually invited me to come back and live in their home for a year and help mm. them with their ministry, they were starting a kindergarten program for um, impoverished students in their village, in their neighborhood. And so I came back and finished high school, but I decided to take a gap year in between, well, what I thought was in between high school right. and college, and go and help um, this family in, in their ministry. And I mean, I think it's hilarious that they even asked me to come and help them because <laughs> I was 18 and I didn't know very much, and I'm not sure I'm not sure how helpful I was but um, they were certainly so kind and so mm. hospitable and so gracious to me and over the course of that year what I saw in the village that I was living in in Uganda and I came to learn that this was a problem all over East Africa was just that a lot of children were having to go and live at an orphanage or live in an institution and it was not because their parents had died and it was not because their parents did not want them it was because mm. of poverty so ugandan culture is super hospitable super family oriented people really really take care of each other um mm. and so 
but people would send their children to live in an orphanage or some other type of institution because schooling isn't free. And so out of a desire to have their children have what they thought would be a better life, to be educated, to go to school, they would send their children away to these institutions where they could be matched with an American sponsor who would pay for their school fees. And so during the course of my first year, I just started really um, collecting some money from friends and family back in the U.S. to say, hey, let's help pay for these kids to go to school while they stay at home with their families in their villages um, with their neighbors where God designed them to be. And that just really exploded. So I started just with, you know, my mom and my grandparents and some of their yeah. friends. Um, and after, after some time, I started writing on a blog and lots and lots and lots of people said, well, I want to do that. I want to send you some money to send a Ugandan child to school. And so um, eventually I founded Amazima Ministries. Uh, originally, we were just doing that. We were sponsoring children to go to local schools. And I was hosting a little Bible study um, in the compound where I lived. And then I eventually moved to a little house down the road so that Amazima could have its own, um, quote, office (laughs) where we were running out of. And I gathered a few friends from the community when um, I realized, you know, I couldn't disciple all these children and families by myself. And so um, I hired my first couple of staff and we did Bible studies with these families in their homes and checked on them throughout the week in addition to sending their kids to school just to make sure that we weren't just meeting the physical needs, um, but that we were also meeting the spiritual needs. And they had someone to talk to about the questions that they had about Jesus. And so um, talk about God's faithfulness. This was gosh, 16, 17, 18 years ago. This was a long time ago. Um, And today, Amazima is serving thousands of families in the community. We've actually built a couple schools in the area really focused on um, education as a vehicle to make disciples because we get to have these kids all day long in our care when they come to our schools. And so God has given us the most incredible staff who love him and love these kids. And our goal is not just to raise up an educated next generation, but also a next generation of students and young people that love the Lord and love their country and love their communities and want to just really make change within the nation of Uganda that glorifies God. Amen. So you had mentioned that a lot of these, the families um, send their children to orphanages so that, because for a better life, do they get to still connect with those, their parents or is, is it completely disconnected once they, they move into an orphanage? A lot of times they still get to connect a little bit. And that's what really opened my eyes to it was I was living with this family who ran an orphanage and I was becoming good friends with the children who lived there. And they would tell me stories of mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, and they would even go and visit those people sometimes on the weekend or over the Christmas holidays. And I just thought, wow, if these people have the means to care for their students for the weekend or care for their children for the holiday time with just a little bit of help, 
they could probably care for them all the time. Right. Yes, absolutely. Well, okay, so your organization is in Uganda and That's right. you li- yep, and you live there um with with your 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 children for how how long were you in Uganda because now you're in the United States. I'm talking to you in the United States. So how long did you live right. there and when did you move back? Yeah, so I lived in Uganda for almost 16 years. Um, I met my husband in Uganda. He lived there for 11 years. Um, And then we, together, we adopted 13 children. And then we also have two biological children. So it's my husband and I and our 15 kids. Um, I know that number sounds crazy. But we then, uh, two. it's been about two years ago, um, there were a lot of different things. So several of our children were older when we adopted them, and they had actually started moving to the United States ahead of us to attend university here in Nashville. We have a lot of family in the Nashville area, and so we already had several children living in the United States. And then, of course, with COVID, travel got super tricky. Um, We had a few children who had some medical needs that were being taken care of in the United States, and so we were traveling back and forth a bit. Um, and about two years ago, we made the decision, me very sadly, um, I, I think even, even up until the day that we made that decision, if you had asked yeah. me, will you live in Uganda forever? I would have said, oh, 100%, absolutely. Yes, I will live and die here. Um, so it was a really, it was a really tough decision and tough transition for our family, but it was one of those times, Trillia, where, um... Benji and I both just felt in our spirits and even even several of our children, it was like we just knew that even if this wasn't maybe our preference, this was the next thing God had for us. And he really just opened a ton of doors in ways that only he could have as far yeah. as like schooling for our kids and housing for us and just things that we never could have manufactured on our own. And so it was a really interesting season of, okay, God, I'm I'm not necessarily excited that this is what you have for me, but but I feel very certain that this is what you have for me. And that was new for me because I think yeah. when I moved to Uganda, I was certain that it was what God had for me, but it it was also what I wanted. I was also really, really excited to go there and to be there. And so, um, yeah, we've just seen his his faithfulness and his kindness to us in um, in just new and deeper ways in living in this new place. Um, you know, most of our kids, we had only spent a couple weeks at a time in the United States. This was not their home. Um, this didn't feel really, I mean, 15 years, this didn't really feel like home to me anymore. The culture had changed so much. The landscape had changed so much. Um, I really had never lived as an adult in America, right? I moved straight from my parents' house to this completely other type of culture and community. And so it has been quite the learning curve, but um, wow, God's, God's kindness and faithfulness has been so, so evident to us. Yeah, I can only imagine the the kind of reverse culture shock, having lived somewhere for really the beginning of your adult life and for so long raising kids. We are talking with 
Katie Davis Majors. And when we return, we're going to talk about the faithfulness of God in all of these transitions. Welcome back to Living by Faith with Trillian Newbell. I'm your host, Trillian Newbell, and I am talking with Katie Davis Majors. And we have been talking about her ministry, Amazama, that is in Uganda and all that the Lord has done over the last 20 years, everything from um, introducing her to to the, the the various needs and, and beautiful people in Uganda to um, adopting children and getting married and moving back to the States. There's a lot that's happened in your life, Katie. And, um, and, and it's unique, I would think, for the average person. And so I wonder about the faithfulness of God in this and what would lead you to write about it. I mean, I can make some guesses. <laughs> But how have you specifically seen the faithfulness of God? But I'd like to start even when you were first thinking about organizing this ministry. Yeah, I I think, you know, Uganda is um, such a beautiful place. Obviously, I love it. I chose to build my life there. And um, there's also such tremendous need. And so, of course, coming from a very privileged upbringing in the United States, I was, I mean, I was really shocked and blown away by the needs of the people around me and also shocked by just the, um, what, what to the average American would seem like a very small amount of money that could go a very, very long way to impact these people's lives. And so, um, the faithfulness of God was just so evident in that as I, you know, as I began just collecting a little bit of money, he just flung the doors wide open more people than I ever could have imagined. People that I did not know um, would read my blog or, I, you know, 15 years ago would find me on Facebook and would just want to send money to help. And God really impressed upon me very very, very early in ministry, you know, we can we can meet all these physical needs. We can send the kids to school. We can help them with food. We can help them with medical care. But none of it is lasting unless we also simultaneously point people to Jesus. And so yeah. a lot of the people that I was working with already were Christians, and I got to walk alongside them as they deepened their faith. Um, and in so many ways, I mean, that was 100% mutual. Deepened They deepened my faith faith and taught me so much as well. And then some of the people that I was um, ministering to and in relationship to did not know Jesus. And so um, I got to introduce them and teach them. And so um, just the way that God has continued to provide for this ministry and what I need and what um, my friends in Uganda need is extraordinary because I look at it all today and I just... I know that I know that I know that it was not of me, right? He has brought right. so, so, so many people around me. Um, we have an incredible staff in Uganda of over 300 people. And I actually, I still um, work with Amazima 
even from the United States, but it is really our staff on the ground who are doing the day in and day out work and who are just faithfully loving these people and loving the Lord. And I really just get to be um, a little bit of an encouragement to them, even as they continue to do this work and even as they are such an encouragement to me. That is so awesome. I know now we've talked a lot about the faith in, in, the positive. In other words, you've seen God be faithful, but often, especially in the scriptures, when you look at those who um, wrestled with faith, they they wrestled with fear and doubt, and and they weren't sure. And it it took a it took a minute. <laughs> so, yeah. did you have any wrestling, or have you just always been God's going to do it? I have faith. I'm going to, I'm going to put it on Facebook and money's going to be provided or, (laughs) or he's going to provide. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious. I think, um, the younger version of me, I, I look back at my younger self and laugh and even sometimes feel envious, (laughs) honestly, just Mm. because I did have just such this resolute faith and such an absence of doubt and fear. I really was so fearless and so confident that God would do it, and he did. And then as I got older, um, especially as I became a mother, honestly, I think any mother listening can can really understand the amount of fear and anxiety we sometimes have when it comes to our children because we just love them so much and we want such good things for them. Um, And so I think uh, watching... Uh, my children sometimes wrestle or or hard things happen in their lives. Hard things happen in the life, the life of my family, um, in the lives of my neighbors and people that I had really grown to so deeply love. Um, that is where the doubt would creep in for me. That right. is where the fear would creep in for me. That is that is where the questions would creep in for me, right? Because I could look... Um, at my neighbor who was suffering, who um, was struggling with alcoholism or who had lost a child or who had yeah. had, you know, any manner of terrible thing happen to them. And I I knew, you know, I knew that that person was um, also seeking after God. And so that's where the question started to creep in. For me, God, how, you know, how can you, how can you allow such suffering? Um And are you really here with us in this suffering? Um, And so, again, though, it's it's both, right? We see the faithfulness of God when we see his abundance and the abundance of joy and provision that he often poured out in my early days of ministry. But also, we see the faithfulness of God as we wrestle with, with our doubt and as we have questions for him and he doesn't go away and he doesn't shy away from our hurt. He doesn't turn his back. And I can say with absolute certainty that I have not received everything that I have asked God for. And I have Mm. not always um, seen restoration where I wanted it. And I've not always seen healing, but I have known the presence of God with Mm. me in the most difficult places. And, And that is his faithfulness also. 
Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. God is faithful, um, not just in the highs, but in the valleys. And he mm-hmm. He meets us. He draws near to us. These are things that he says in his word that he will do, and he does. He is faithful. But there's something that you said that I, I just kind of clung to because I think there's something to it. It's often, um, especially in the New Testament, we see that uh, God's calling us to a childlike faith. And mm. to have faith like these little ones, like this, these children. And, and, and so it doesn't surprise me. And I would probably say that I would have been similar in my 19 to 20. Uh, well, ni- I didn't become a Christian until the age of 22. But in that, when I was 19 to 20, I wouldn't have had faith, but I would have had like a childlike spirit to go and just do whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. And and I could, so I can see how um, in our younger years, that faith that propels us to do these things. And then, uh, yes, you start involving other humans that you have to care for, or you see the burdens around you. And um, we're refined by fire. I mean, it's mm. P- Peter says, don't be surprised by the fiery trials that come. And we, that's, that's, I mean, it's true. God is so faithful through those those trials and fi- fires and sorrows. And and so how have you learned the importance of relying on God's faithfulness every single day in your everyday life? That's a good question. I mean, I think I've learned it um, probably like you're saying. I think I've learned it more truly and more deeply in the trials um, than in in the really high moments or the joyful moments, right? I think we all know what it's like to kind of be having a really good day or a really good stretch of days and feel like, okay, I got this, right? This is me doing this good work. Um, and then when yeah. things get really, really hard, we find ourselves again in that place of like, oh, Lord, like you're going to have to move here. You're going to have to do something. I don't know what to do. And so, um, gosh, we've been challenged, uh, myself and my family, in so many ways over the past many years. We had some really hard things going on in our life um, during our last few years in Uganda. And then in the middle of that really hard season, we decided um, to move here. And it was it was hard all over again <laughs> um, yeah. and in just, in just completely different ways. And man, those first days that we lived in the United States, I would wake up in the morning and um, anybody who's, who's had grief of any kind will understand this, whether it's um, the loss of a loved one or a really heavy diagnosis or even a, a move, um, I think, doesn't equate with kind of that depth of grief, but was a grief for me. And, you know, we wake up in the morning and you open your eyes and it's, it's still true. Like that thing yeah. that you didn't want to have happen, that, that's still the thing. And you wake up for a minute mm. and you don't quite yet remember. And then you remember like, oh, I'm walking into that today. And I would wake up and I would open my eyes and just think, Lord, I cannot, I cannot get out of bed and do this day unless you do it with me. Um, and so that's a really hard place to be. But it's also a really beautiful place to be because it's just us acknowledging the place that we're in anyway. None of us can do anything apart right. from God. And I can't walk through this day without him. Um, but my desperation brings me to a place of acknowledging that. Um, 
and he has. He has walked with me all all of these really hard days, and he has given me joy in unexpected places, um, and I'm just so grateful. Yes, yes, he's he is so good, and I'm. That's just that's encouraging to me um, to hear how the Lord has just met you. And I actually I think that um, not just what statistics show, <laughs> but leaving your homeland or leaving what feels like has become yeah. your home is a massive, massive big deal. And I at the scriptures say so much about the sojourner and loving them and and yeah. and Abraham ha- having to go out in faith. I mean, it takes faith to do what you did. So I just, I, I, yes, it's not cancer or the big diagnosis, but those kinds of things are like ripping your heart apart. And so, so I, I do actually think that that would be so hard. And I could see how, um, you could wake up and realize, oh, this is my new reality. How do I walk and live in this new reality? So, um, I just, cause I, I imagine that what your words right now are ministering to so many people who find themselves in a land where they did not anticipate. They weren't, they didn't, they didn't know that they would be there or they thought they would be somewhere else forever, but the Lord moved them. And I hope that you um, hear about the faithfulness of God more when we return. Welcome back to Living by Faith. I'm your host, Trillian Newbell, and we have been talking about the faithfulness of God in our lives and in the lives of, in the life of Katie Davis Majors. And she has a new book out called Our Faithful God. And I want to give away copies. Here's what I want you to do. I want to hear how God has been faithful in your life. How has God been faithful to you? He's always been faithful. We believe that. We sang about it. Or in my head, I sang the lyrics. But gosh, proclaiming it, it just helps our hearts. So I want you to send me an email at livingbyfaith at moody.edu. That's livingbyfaith at moody.edu. And we will... We would love to give you a copy. Now, we, we have five copies, so it's the first five people who email in. Um, we will give you a copy. So, Katie, I would love to talk more about the resource. And in your devotional, you spend time uh, delving into God's character. How important is it that we learn God's character and who he is? Oh, I think it's so important that we learn who God truly is, because the world just wants us to believe so many lies about God and who he is, right? And we talked a little bit earlier about doubt and fear and the way that that can sneak in for us. And we can have questions, especially when we're suffering or people we love are suffering, right? We begin to question, God, who are you? Or are you really good? Are you really faithful? And so in this devotional, I spent about a year um, before I wrote the devotional just really asking God to show me who he is and to show me different aspects of his character. And I think, I mean, 
this makes sense, right? Because if if you and I want to become good friends, we can't just talk once a month for an hour, right? We would have to get together. We would have to go on walks. We would have to get coffee. We have to truly start to know each other so that we can trust each other, right? When something really bad happens or when something really good happens, I want to call one of my best friends. I want to tell them about what is happening in my life because they have proven that they'll be there for me. They have proven that they're the kind of people that are going to rejoice with me and weep with me. They have proven um, that they are trustworthy. And so in the same way, we have to spend extended daily time with God. We have to be regular in our communication with him. We have to get to know his character so that we have this friendship and this relationship. And so several years ago, um, maybe like 2019, uh, our family, at my husband's encouragement, had started a new Bible reading plan where we were reading a couple different passages of scripture each day. And um, some of them were in the Old Testament and some of them were in the New Testament. And as I went through these readings, I was just astounded at how clear it was that God's character truly has always been the same, right? It's the same in Genesis as it is in Revelation. It's the same in the Old Testament, in the prophets, as it is in the Gospels. And so often, an aspect of his character would kind of just jump off the page at me. Um, His kindness, his goodness, the heart of a father for me. And so, I began to just kind of write down uh, the different aspects of his character that were jumping out at me as I read and um, eventually turned it into this devotional, Our Faithful God, which is designed to take readers on a journey through scripture, through different books of the Bible. We start with Genesis, which of course is the first book in the Old Testament, and then Ezra, one of the Old Testament prophets, and then Matthew in the Gospels, and Acts, um, which is just this beautiful story of the early church and the first believers after Jesus went to heaven. But um, I'm the, the goal is that as people read through it, they really see that God's character is unchanging. Yes, I um I have a resource called 52 Weeks in the Word that takes you through the Bible in a year. And one of the things that I also have rec- just I've been I, I sh- I'm not shocked but surprised by was how much I didn't realize if you don't if you don't read Genesis, for example, it's really hard to understand the minor prophets, but also you will you will miss things all throughout the New Testament if you haven't read the Old Testament. <laughs> and so so reading through all of the scriptures and seeing these, these not just connections to understand the storyline of the scripture, but you understand that, oh, well, the reason is, is because God is the same. <laughs> he, he's, yeah. he's, he's the same. He doesn't change. And, and you see the, these, these promises in the scriptures fulfilled. Um, you see um, the, the character of God that is, is you, you said in the Old Testament, in the prophet, all of it, but, but also for us today. And yes. that, to me, is what is just so um, encouraging when I read God's word and and try to 
read it um all the way through or read read it the whole as much as I can the whole thing um I see oh the lord of the old testament the lord of the new testament is the lord today he's the same god that I I am praying to the same god that Moses spoke to <laughs> praise yeah. the lord yeah and so those are the kinds of things I think that encourage my own faith and so I wonder as you are um thinking through the the um, scriptures and and thinking through how the Lord has moved and is moving, what other aspects of his character are did you pick up on? Because you see his faithfulness, but is there any other any other parts of his character that just moved you? Oh my goodness. Yes, so many. And so um, this is also a 52-week resource, and each week is kind of centered around a different aspect of God's character that stood out to me. And of course, um, anybody could could come up with a resource like this, right? Anybody can read the Word for themselves and see these different, these different facets of God's character. One that I've been really sitting with um, just in the last few weeks of the new year is God's presence with us. And like you mentioned, I love to look through my Bible and just um, see God's presence with his people all throughout scripture and know that that applies to me here and now today. And I, I can look back even at my own short life and see that that is true. And so that gives me just this great hope that that will continue to be true. And so, um, I've just been thinking a lot about withness. I don't know that that's Mm, really a word, but just, you know, the idea that God is with me and that no matter what happens, no matter what circumstance I'm walking into, he is with me. Uh, He doesn't. He's never not with me, but but sometimes my awareness of his withness is um, is murky, right? And so it's not that, oh, I invite God to come with me. It's that God is with me and I need to wake up myself and invite myself to acknowledge that God is with me. And so walking into a difficult conversation, walking into a difficult situation, walking into a joyful situation. I've, I've been really trying to practice acknowledging God's presence with me and, and talk to him. Talk to him as if he is a good friend walking into this next situation with me. And then the other night we've been reading um, around the dinner table. Um, we've been we've been kind of stuck at home. Nashville had like a terrible yeah. snowstorm, which I know you're experiencing too, which has been really great because I have teenagers and we love to have dinner together and study the word after dinner together. But I find as my kids get older, they have more and more activities in the evening that kind of pull them away from the table. So I've been super happy mom this week because I've had everybody mm. home for dinner every night in a row. Um, and we've been studying Ephesians to together. And, um, gosh, it's so beautiful. But one thing that really, really stood out to me was God's delight in his people. And we'll talk Mm. about that more in a few minutes. Yes. I want to talk about God's delight and praise the Lord that we can talk about Emmanuel, God with us beyond Christmas. (laughs) He's always with us. So that reminder is such an encouragement. More when we return. 